Hello and welcome to another episode of The Inter Show. This episode following the match against Cagliari in midweek. Today we have a fellow Interista on the show, um, James. Theme tune. Hello James, how are you? Not too bad, how are you Andrew? Good, thanks. Okay, so James, I've introduced you in the introduction there. Can you just tell us a little bit about yourself? How did you come to support Inter? Uh, well, basically, well, growing up in Ireland, we only had the basic um, channels. There was no satellite TV back then. And the only football really on TV was Italian football on a channel called RTE. And highlights were on every Monday night. So that was pretty much the only football I got. So for some reason, then I seemed to like the black and blue of Inter and then Very obviously cool. we got we got Channel 4 then later on in the 90s and then obviously with Ronaldo going there he was pretty much my favourite player growing up so yeah I just stuck with him and that was how it started Yeah I mean it's a similar story to myself I remember as a child uh, we didn't get the Sky Sports package into the house until very late on so it was Channel 4 really that I grew up watching and the Football Italia um, the Football Italia coverage and that you're Irish, but you lived in Australia for a number of years. Football probably isn't the biggest sport in Australia, but I believe it's growing. Are Australians generally interested in Serie A? Who do they follow? And is there much of an Italian expat community there? Um, football is actually growing quite big in Australia, but it's mainly premiership. I mean, there's literally no coverage of Serie A on, on TV there. You can get a Rai subscription on Foxtel, their equivalent of Sky. I think it's something ridiculous like $30 a month and you only get one game a week. Um, oh, but I do yeah. believe it used to be different years ago, but with the huge influx of British people in the last 10, 15 years, it's just mainly um, premiership coverage to get over there. Right, yeah. Okay. Um, I suppose you're doing what we used to do for the few years where there was no Italian football on television here. That You just have to find a stream and hope that the stream holds up. Yeah, that's it. A lot of people. I met a few um, Juventus fans seems to be the most popular jersey right. I've seen over there and a few people I talked to. Not many now. They would be, just be streaming online, yeah, basically. Yeah. Well, I mean, obviously we've come from a very good win in, in midweek, 4-0 against Cagliari. Um, Joe Cancelo in the third minute, Mauro Icardi in the 49th, Marcelo Brozovic in the 60th um, and Ivan Perisic in injury time. What stood out for you from the game? Well, the thing that stood out the most was our formation. I thought it worked really, really well. Um, I really liked the 4-2-3-1. I think it allows a lot of pressing when we don't have the ball. And it really put pressure on the Cagliari defenders. I mean, they didn't really have anywhere to go. The ball just kept getting pushed back into the middle. And we were flooding the midfield. And as soon as we got the ball, just so many players were willing to run. Joe Cancelo was running out to the right. You had... And Perisic coming to the left that allowed Rafinha and Caramo to get through the middle and there was just so many options for Gagliardini and Brozovic and I mean it could have been five, six at half time. It was it was really impressive. Yeah, yeah, I thought that as well. Now I mean the substitutes that were used were Renakia, Valero and Candreva. I'm not sure why Spalletti still insists on using Valero, but in my opinion, it's probably more of a sign of how threadbare Sonning have left the squad this year with us not being in Europe. Um, the more obvious alternative to uh, 
to Gagliardini when he was injured was um, Vecino, but I mean, he's still recovering from injury and I imagine Spalletti doesn't want to take chances. It's worrying that Gagliardini's um, injured to the hamstring. I mean, that's that's not good news at all because the midfield's been going really well. I mean, hopefully Vecino will be fit. And as I, as I don't think um, I can struggle with Valero for another 90 minutes. What's your take on Valero's performance? Um, yeah, he's not very good. He's He just seems very slow. I mean, he used to be good, but I just don't think he's at the pace of the game anymore. And I think with the fluid style they're playing and the quick players we have, I just think he slows it down and doesn't doesn't add any value to the team at all, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, everyone is enthusiastic about Caramo. Um, he was he was very good, although the Cagliari players and Spalletti didn't like the back heel that he did in the middle of the pack. Um, to me now, I think that's some. I would be encouraging that I would think that that's something that brings um, unpredictability to our to our game. Um, but at the same time, I can um, I can understand Spalletti doesn't want. Uh, Caramot perhaps to develop a certain arrogance um, it's so important though to maintain that unpredictability that Caramot brought in um, if we want to compete at the top the player I really want to talk about though is Marcelo Brozovic um, because I've given him a very hard time over the last couple of years uh, I know he'll probably let me down again but this lad really has the talent to be one of the best midfielders in Italy I'd even say in Europe and he finally looks like he's using it. If he continues as he is, he's going to become a more and more potent member of our squad. What do you think of um, what do you think of Brozovic at the moment? I think he's playing fantastic. Um, I mean, he was pretty much my man of the match. Anyway, I know we we'll get into that a bit later on, but like he's didn't really put a foot wrong. He's link up play. He's he's very good on the ball. He's creating little spaces. He's involving everyone really. Even at times he was kind of bringing Valero into the game which is an achievement in itself so I was very impressed with him I have to say yeah, uh, In terms of Valero, uh, in terms of Borja Valero I don't want to attack him too much because he was very good earlier in the season and I still think he could have a role to play cause, because there do, they do come games where you just need to slow the pace down and keep the foot on the ball um, and he, he can do that better than most people I, don't, I just don't know whether he's tired or he's lacking in confidence, but he really, really is contributing nothing at the moment, um, and he slows everything right down. So I don't know where you go from there. Um, as I said, Brozovic is the standout player for me in recent weeks. I'm particularly enthusiastic about the fact that he was able to not let the suspension bother him, um, because mentally he's not been the most resilient player over the years. Um, ho- hopefully that's changing but he just got back to working as effectively as he has been um, my man at the match was, was Brozovic at the risk of sounding boring he's controlling the game so effectively at the moment um, though I mentioned does have to go out across to Karamo who was your man at the match I, I think you said well, Brozovic there yeah, I would agree Brozovic was definitely the standout player and man at the match I mean Perisic, Ikari Rafina played well, but yeah, Karamo does deserve a lot of praise. I mean, he's such a young guy. He's only 19 years of age and he missed a couple of sitters really early in the first half, but he didn't let it bother him. Like, he stayed running into the box. He was creating and 
that's that's what all you can really ask from a 19 year old kid is to have the right attitude I mean at one stage even Ruby tackled the goal post he was that eager to score a goal so very happy with him to be honest yeah, I, I, I was I was terrified when I saw the replay of him going into the into the goalpost. It, it really looked, um, yeah, it really looked like it could have been a serious injury. I think the goalkeeper's elbow landed on him as well. It, it yeah. did look quite curious or relieved that he bounced back and he was his attitude was good. He was rubbing his ribs, but he didn't roll around on the ground for any long period of time. He just got straight back onto the field and got on with it and tells you everything about him really. Yeah. Uh, just looking at the, the newspapers, like Gazeta de la Sport said, Inter Eurovision's, they're obviously making a play on words with the Eurovision Song Contest coming up in a few weeks. Um, and the newspaper suggesting that Inter are seeing the European chance now. Il Corriere de la Sport said Inter Luna Park, essentially Inter Moon Park, but making reference to the Luna Park theme parks, which used to exist on every continent making reference to the enjoyment of the Inter squad and their fans. Tuto Sport said Cancelo opens the door to the Champions League. Uh, I, I, pardon me wonders why I include, um, include Tuto Sport in the show because there's never anything other than Juventus coverage in it. I don't know how it can really take itself seriously as a newspaper. The match against, um, the match against Cagliari... Uh, just had literally a small square on the front page and there was a huge picture of um, Allegri. I didn't even bother reading the story. Um, But, I mean, Gazzetta does have a bigger focus on the Milan clubs because it comes from Milan. Carriera focuses more on Roma and Lazio because it's based in Rome. But, I mean, two of those spots, as I said in the previous show, just strikes me as as a Juventus fanzine more than anything else. Um, Metro Milano said Inter lives, uh, mission completed. And I like looking at the newspaper of the opposition as well, just to see what they um, what they say. And Leonione Sarta said darkness for Cagliari at the San Siro. Inter Cagliari finishes 4-0. Uh, James, would you have any opinions on those newspaper headlines there? Yeah, well, obviously the two sports are going to expect a bias for Juventus and not much coverage to any anyone else, but no, not much else to add other than if, obviously if other people agree or disagree that should get in contact with us uh, at the Intershow on Twitter or the hashtag Ask the Intershow or at the Intershow 69 on Facebook. Maybe they might have some opinions yeah. to add to it. Oh, you, can even, you can even email the Intershow 69 at gmail.com. Um the next match is against Kievo, who are fighting for their lives. They're in real danger of getting sucked into that relegation zone. And I never like playing against teams fighting relegation at this stage of the season. Perhaps strangely, I prefer playing teams who are going for European places for the league, or for the league as teams trying to fight against the drop are always tricky. What's your reading of the situation? Yeah, I'm the same. I really don't like playing against teams in the relegation zone. I mean, we also have Sassuolo and Udinese as well, which not as much in relegation, but still they could be sucked into it. So um, I don't really like playing those teams at this stage of the season. They're fighting for their survival. Yeah, I mean, they're always going to give 100%. I think I think the thing with Cagliari was Cagliari had um, 
I think Cagliari have a few more points gap between themselves and the relegation places and they could more or less secure the safety by beating um, by beating I think it's Bologna at the weekend whereas Chievo need every point um, going so they're going to fight from the very very first minute onwards um, I mean Gagliardini's hamstring tear is the biggest news because him Brozovic and Rafinha seem to have been gelling in midfield um, we need Vecino back as we're going to be without Roberto for a while and Boja Valero just isn't cutting it at the moment in terms of formation tactics I'd go with what we used against Cagliari Caramo adds something to the team unpredictability which has been lacking so much um, recently what would how would you approach the match um, yeah I don't think Valero is the best option and I don't really want to risk Vecino for this game and I'd rather have him coming back for the Juve game so I just wonder maybe if we moved Skriniar into midfield and brought Renocchia back or would Renocchia be too much of a liability I mean I think Renocchia has performed um, really well this season I don't think he, I don't think he's let us down once um, which is a strange thing to say uh, but perhaps Belletti's been able to build confidence into him albeit he's not played very often and I know that Skriniar plays defensive midfield for um, for Slovakia and plays that position v- really well for them. Um, in terms of the race for the Champions League spots, we've just got to t- keep taking our chances and getting the maximum return of points possible. I was disappointed that Lazio managed to get the win against Fiorentina because I was really expecting Fiorentina to take something off them. But I'm enthusiastic about the running that they have you know, they have Sampdoria next, who they're not in great form at the minute, perhaps, but when they are in form and they could turn it on as easy as anything in that match, um, they're, they're capable of beating anyone. Then Torino away and Atalanta at home, which are never easy games. Um, what, what do you think of the race for the Champions League, James? Yeah, I mean, I think we've all got tough enough run-ins. I mean, I actually think Romans is probably the toughest. I mean, they got Spal, Chievo and Cagliari and that's 15th, 16th and 17th in the league. And they've also got Juventus. Plus, they're going to be distracted by the Champions League semi-finals and possibly a final. Um, like Lazio are playing a couple of teams that are going for European spots. So, I don't know how, how, how hard they'll be, but you'd have to think they're better opposition. They're higher up the league. And obviously then, like the last day of the season, it's Lazio-Inter. So, it could come down to that. Well, I'm, I'm kind of optimistic. I think we might just pip Roma yeah. to that last spot with Lazio finishing above us. That's the way I see it at the moment. An interesting thing um, that I've heard mentioned in terms of the Lazio match is that De Vrij looks like he's joining Inter next season. Um, and he could be faced in a situation where he's essentially playing against his f- future team to keep his current team in the Champions League and knock out um, his future employers. How do you think he'd handle that? Or do you think Inzaghi would um, play without him? Um, I don't know, to be honest. I'd like to think that he would give his all for the club. I mean, if he's coming here, we'd like to think he'd give his all for for the club. But it is Italy at the end of the day and conspiracy theories are going to run rife so maybe Inzaghi might leave them out it's an interesting dynamic that we could be facing so we want to yeah. watch um, we're going to do a special segment now a special part of the show 
um, where we look at something from Inter's history um, each week. Uh, this was James's suggestion, and I think it's a really good suggestion. Um, the one thing that I picked out from the last week that happened in Inter history, certainly the most significant, was that on the 13th of April 1947, Giuseppe Meazza scored his last ever goal for Inter in a 5-2 win over Triestina. It was his second stint for Inter, during which time he was much less prolific, scoring only two goals in 17 games. But it was the final season in his unbelievable career in which he would posthumously and uh, write for our stadium to be officially entitled Lo Stadio Giuseppe Miazza. Um, the Primavera squad weren't great on Tuesday afternoon away to Torino. It ended in a 2-1 defeat with Facundo Colidio scoring a goal against the run of play. However, I still believe we'll make the playoffs at the end of the season. And it's worth remembering that we've already won the prestigious Fioreggio tournament. So the youth sector is continuing to perform extremely well. As you're Irish, James, and as we both live in Ireland, I've taken an interest in young Ryan Nolan from Limerick. He plays centre-back in the Primavera team and looks decent. What impresses me most about him is his ability in the air. Um, he's really dominant in the air. Obviously, Robbie Keane played briefly for Inter, but how would you, James, feel about a fellow Irishman playing for Inter if Nolan could make the great? Yeah, obviously it would be fantastic. I mean, it's good to see any Irish players do well at a big club, especially when it doesn't really happen very often outside of England. I mean, most of them play at championship level in England, so to have any Irish player in the top league is, is very good. And then obviously an Irish guy at the club you support would be absolutely fantastic. I, mean, I think we had Liam Brady in the 80s playing briefly for Inter. was probably a little bit more successful than Robbie Keane. But if we had an international playing at Inter, I think it would even just get a lot more people interested in this country in Serie A and there'd be more conversations and maybe more coverage of in the newspapers, which I think would be good to see. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. I, I remember, as a Welshman, I remember that there was news or there was reports in the newspaper a couple of years ago about Bale potentially coming from Tottenham to Inter and that really sort of excited me, but obviously it didn't come to come to pass. Um, for any Interisti out there, it's worth knowing that Sport Italia covers a lot of our Primavera matches and doesn't seem to have a geo-block. So for anyone interested, it might be worth keeping an eye open for that. In other news, Empoli maintained their 11-point lead at the top of Serie B with a 3-2 win away to Cesena. There's also a bit of a fairy story happening in Greece at the moment. Ike Athens, one of the biggest clubs um, historically in Greece, five years ago essentially went out of business as a professional club and restarted as an amateur team from the bottom of the league system. Five years on, um, they could clinch the Greek Super League title with a win against Levadiakos at home this Sunday evening. Adding to that, they could make it a double as they got to the final of the Greek Cup on Wednesday night scoring a stunning last-minute goal against Larissa, meaning they went through on away goals. Um, as bad as we've been over the last few years, James, a story like that surely has to give us a bit of confidence going forward. Yeah, that's it. I mean, if they can essentially rise from the ashes of nothing and win, then surely we can come from just outside Champions League spots to be great again. 
it's always good to see stories like this in football. I, I know closer to home there was something similar with Wimbledon and AFC Wimbledon and it's always good for the fans bit to see things like this happening. It, it gives you faith in football, especially when there's so much money coming into it from the Arab countries and kind of fans seem to get forgot about it. So that's another aspect of it. I think I like the story. Yeah. Um just before just before we sign off, I'll um I'll be giving you some details of our social media um handles. Um if you just bear with me for one second with that. So the Twitter the Twitter handle is at the intershow and you can use the hashtag um ask the intershow. Our Gmail address is um the intershow69 at gmail.com and our Facebook handle is at the intershow69. Um just want to say a big thank you to James for his contribution today. Um did you enjoy the experience? Yeah, did. thanks thanks very much for having me, Andrew. Yeah, I enjoyed very it. Well. I was a little little bit nervous and shaky at the start, but I think I handled it okay and hopefully long may I continue and we can I can help you build and grow this podcast into what you want it to be, if you'll have me. <laughs> uh, you'd be more than welcome. And so so would anybody else who would like to um who would like to get on on board as a as a co host, as a guest, um, or even just sending in your your questions. Um, so thanks very much to James. Thanks very much for listening and for saying that.